Welcome to East Lake. This podcast called Say Something Interesting. That was bonus intro music from yours truly. My name is Brent. With me, as always, is Megan. And this is the Say Something Pod where we follow up from Sunday's talk. And uh, Megan had no idea that was coming. Nope. And our uh, headphones are currently only working in one ear. Uh-huh. It sounded even that much more funny and ridiculous. <laughs> we are just a big giant crap show today, and we're making it work. Hot mess. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How yeah? are you? Good. I'm Good. doing exceptionally well. Oh, do you yeah. want to know why? Oh, I do want to know why. I got to meet Ben yesterday. Oh, yeah. I got to I'm meet not sure if I ever the said boyfriend his name everybody. On oh, the podcast, shoot. Sorry. So, did I, I reveal mean, it's, it? No, it's fine. Okay. His name is Ben, but he got to meet my boyfriend yesterday. I did. Not only is he real, he is real. Han- he's tall, dark, and handsome. I he found your tall, type dark, out. And handsome. <laughs> I figured, but he's all three of those. Now, to be fair, the lights were a little bit dim. Yeah. So I can guarantee he was tall and dark. I'm pretty sure he was handsome. Yeah. He's um, handsome. But uh, no, it was awesome. Because I have. Like hazel eyes, though. So, uh, though, like, no, like, <laughs> like, I'll, I guess I'll take those. Dark but, is like, oh, and then, but he has hazel eyes also. Got so. it. Perfect. Yeah. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was his first time. Did yeah. Like, true. Yeah, it was. And uh, so, did you grill him afterwards? <laughs> no, on the I drive kept home? the bar real low. Real low. I was like, did you hate it? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no. I and didn't, I was, I I didn't hate it. I was like, yay. That's our promise. <laughs> That has always been our promise. I cannot I cannot guarantee that you'll like it. I promise that I don't think you'll hate it. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever walk away and be like, that was the worst experience ever. Yeah, I kept the bar really low. Good. I was like, I don't know if I want to know all that you thought about it. Yeah, so. did, did he find it ironic that the week that he came was this stuff your significant other should need no, to hear? Well, I think I'd mentioned that we were doing a relationship series earlier. Not like and in he a, still came anyways. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Good deal. Uh, you heard a little bit about my weekend. We yeah. had the uh, the boys' weekend uh, deal, so we went up to Wenatchee, Wisnatchee, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what. I went up Thursday, and I heard it poured down here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was raining so hard between I like took I got an I ninety there right after uh, like Desert Air area, and going up towards the gorge, and I literally almost had to pull my car over because it was oh, coming wow. down so bad I could hardly see, and the windshield wipers couldn't keep up, and. I probably need to replace them with blades and all this, you know, all that stuff. It was crazy. And then super windy on Friday and then finally nice on Saturday. But we had a great time. Rented a little house up there. Had a hot tub. Eight dudes in a hot tub. Always fun. <laughs> Watched a bunch of golf on TV. Grilled up a bunch of steaks. It was a genuinely fun, exciting weekend. And it was painful. Hard to drive home Saturday night because they were all staying one extra night. Yeah. And uh, they had just bought like firewood because we finally could have a fire outside. We we're going to have like a big bonfire mm-hmm. and... I just got pictures of that, but it was good. It's a good weekend. <laughs> Sacrificing. Yeah, and my wife did an amazing job with kiddos over the weekend. Yeah, she posted They're the all most alive. hilarious video of Clive. Oh, with the poop? Her, yeah. Yeah, which she thought was mushrooms because <laughs> yeah. we can't figure out what how to... We're like in this weird state. I can't remember. You live in an apartment, right? So yeah. you don't have a lawn to... Nope. There's ours... literally no grass even around yeah, my apartment. Ours right now is like, if we miss a single day, it starts going brown, but if we... If we do anything too much, there's mushrooms everywhere. Yeah. It's like this weird heavy medium that I just we cannot figure out. Mm. So I don't know. It's been like in terms of watering. I guess I don't oh, know. Okay. Maybe I'm planting mushrooms, or my kids are bringing home yeah, mushroom I seeds. I don't know how it all works. <laughs> yeah, her like composure maintenance during this video while Clive is like touching poop was quite phenomenal. Yeah, so yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, yeah. um, I um, helped supervise a six-year-old's birthday party on Saturday. Oh, ac- excellent. Yep. Yeah, with my because my nephew turned six on Friday, and so I went down on Saturday and 
hung out with him and his brother um, before the party and then helped my sister with the party. And then um, it was dinosaur and Beyblades themed. Oh. If you don't know what a Beyblade is. I, I figured out what Beyblades You probably don't have were. a six-year-old in your life. <laughs> I didn't know that they were such a huge thing. And they, yeah. they do like battles for them. So it's like, yeah. it's like, so we used to battle with Pogs. Do you remember yes, Pogs? it's a little bit like that. Yeah. yeah. And so you like take your stuff in and then you battle and mm-hmm. they take you take the other guys. They're stuff. actually really fun because you like attach it to a thing and then you pull this like cord yeah and the bay that's what it's called like comes out and it spins like a top in the arena and then the other person does the same thing and then they like crash into each other and then the bays like fall apart and if that happens and you win whichever bay stops spinning first is the one that loses it's yeah. kind of fun but my nephew likes to change the rules so that he always wins so we didn't play for points that's how i remember <laughs> pogs working as well They'd be like, oh, I have a poison eight ball, and that just means that you lose everything. <laughs> I'm like, where do I buy one of these poison eight balls? Yeah. Well, we're selling them for $50, so you can buy mine. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. That's fun. Yeah. I was. I ended up being very, very right about something recently oh, that really? I wanted to bring to your attention. Okay. Do you remember last week, one of my um, one of my something interesting, it was small, and I, I had said, hey, I'm, this is on my queue for to watch and I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm going to, which was the Chernobyl oh, um, yes. show mm-hmm. on, on HBO. It ended up being awesome. It is so good. It's two episodes in now. It drops. Another one drops tonight. And the best part about it, is, well, not the best part, but a, a really great thing is they have a, they, I didn't know this at the time, but they offer a follow-up podcast to talk about what was what's real and then what's been added to the narrative to make the story tell better. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's mostly real. I mean, they did a great job. Like they've talked about how they they built the control room to be exactly like what they would have done. So anybody that was in that experience and and watched the show would be like, that's exactly what uh, Pripka looked like, or that's exactly what Minsk looked like. Uh, all these different areas, um, and uh, it's just been it's been really entertaining, insightful. Um, and the, I love the follow-up reality of it. Um, they created this fictional uh, woman narrative, but it was a uh, who kind of offers up this insight that nobody's looking at. But in the show, he talks about how although Russia was very regressive when it comes to women in general, this male leadership and all that kind of stuff, in the area of science and medicine, um, it, they they were like, okay women you can have kind of that area and be successful at it or whatever mm-hmm. and so they were disproportionately represented in those two areas and so you see that come alive in the show and that's cool and uh, i didn't know that yeah. about russia yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> um any a lot of times in the hospitals most of the doctors were women and then this uh, this woman helps um who wasn't real a real character but comes as kind of the voice of the the uh, scientists of the time trying to challenge all of these men in leadership who um, in the Soviet system had gotten into place because they were they work, worked in a shoe factory and ran a shoe factory really well. And now they're going to run the nuclear physicist area. And, they're, and so then these doctors are coming to them, or these scientists are coming to them going, hey, if you continue down this road in 48 hours, this whole thing's going to be just a giant bomb, hydrogen bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, well, that's not what we think. And they're like, yeah, but you're a shoe guy, so you should probably listen to me. <laughs> Super... <laughs> Super brilliant. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. So and Kylie's been watching it with me, which is awesome. I love that. So we're we're uh, in it together, and cool. it's good. 
And then I'm glad. Survivor finished well, not with how exactly how I wanted to do it, but Survivor was last week. That was my other. That's good. That was my other something interesting, and uh, so it's it's all good. Everything's great. Life's good. <laughs> all the TV is. Yeah, we are in holiday weekend mode coming yes. up on it. So Memorial Day weekend, which means we get to start doing snow cones at church again, which is oh, always right. awesome. Uh, my friend is uh, Seth is coming back into town from Denver to speak. Here's the beautiful thing: we're kicking off this new series called "The Art of Labor," a series on work and life and and finding purpose in your work and all that kind of stuff. This is a guy who uh, uh, was a pastor. Uh, for a long time, like went to school, did Denver Seminary, got his master's in theology, and and then worked in the church system for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 20 years, something like that, uh, and then had a career switch and is now working secular job, working for a company called John Mansfield. They work with like insulation and construction stuff. Um, and so now he's gone from church world to like putting this into practice. So I can't think of a more qualified guy to talk about kind of work and, and life and, and faith balance. And so I'm super excited about this weekend. And I got a, something interesting we'll talk about a little bit later about cool. another option for it. But yeah, anyways, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we jump in? Anything I'm other good. random stuff? I don't, I don't think I have well, Neither of us so. are Game of Thrones people. No. And that was the big finale yesterday, <laughs> and which dominated Twitter all of yeah. last night. Nobody's happy and everybody's angry and everybody <laughs> felt entitled to a better uh, ending so uh, but that's enough of that i guess i have one i have one more class to finish before this semester i oh, finished exciting. a class last week great so, yeah. holy cow you're crushing yeah you know well i didn't like do the whole class last week it was like a month of, but anyway i finished it last week so light at the end of the tunnel one more one more and then i'm halfway done that's awesome it's very exciting also terrifying but yes very exciting <laughs> we finished off a uh, a series yesterday uh, stuff your significant other needs to hear. Series on relationships, uh, and yesterday really pulled from a passage in Hebrews chapter ten that talks about spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. And what does that look like in your relationships? And if people don't know that you're for them, uh, then they have the potential to just see some of these boundaries and things that you set up to that you intentionally, hopefully, do to make them better, to sharpen them as individuals. Um, and they would just see them as robbing them of joy in the same way that I rob. Clive of Joy this morning when I pulled away <laughs> the uh, hot curling iron that was sitting on the counter, mm-hmm. and then he almost grabs the hot part of it. I grab it, yank it from his hands, and he's thinking to himself, Dad, why are you doing this to me? You're yeah. killing me here. And I'm like, you're almost killing yourself here, buddy. Yeah. That's what's happening. And I'm protecting you from it because I love you and I'm for you, right? But he's one and a half, so he doesn't get it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff went on. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about one of my favorite movies of all time. When was the last time you watched Goodwill Hunting? It's been a while, but it's that's it's that's always my, the right it's answer. It's for sure in my top ten. Even if you told me I watched it last week, I've been like, that's yeah, probably too long. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> that's way too long. It's top ten. Oh yeah. 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 Um, the the like the brilliant part about that that I think you and I both talked about yesterday was the age that those guys were when they wrote that script. Because uh, I don't remember what I was doing at 21, but not writing not scripts writing like that, not writing like dialogue that. like yeah. that. Um, and then probably one of my favorite Robin Williams performances. Yeah. Just based on the depth of how real, like you felt the inner turmoil of a guy who lost his wife and is dealing with kind of that loss, but also trying to be a resource for this kid sees the potential in him challenges them doesn't like all right dude you do you and whatever doesn't yeah. give up on him but mm-hmm. like really pushes him and pushes all the right buttons and says all the things that you wish you would say like if you were ever in that spot 
Ah, just a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal movie. You are a teacher. I am a teacher. You cannot use curse well, words. I'm kind of a teacher. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> You're, you work with kids right now, kids, and the goal yeah. is to be a teacher. Yeah. Uh, it is probably, I would imagine, frowned upon an institution like yours to use current, like, curse words with the children. Yeah. What if... We t- so I bring this up because if, you, if you're not listening to the podcast, you're like, where's Brent going with this? Yeah. Um, uh, we I, I read a little bit yeah. from Goodwill Hunting, and we did a uh, curse word replacement that I found off of a, a website <laughs> called wehavekids.com. Favorite, here's you, you. Instead of saying this, why don't you say this? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite curse word replacement word? Oh. Um, is there anything that you say? Well, that- I say shoot a lot. Oh, shoot. Or okay. like <laughs> that doesn't feel very. No, it doesn't. That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> or like, dang it. Um, Was there any think. from yesterday's that you're like, oh, I'm gonna steal that and use that? No, they didn't. No, neither of that. None of them were very like Megan. Really? You said like schnickerdoodles or whatever. Yeah, schnickerdoodle. That was a ba- that was just a weird one. Fudge nuggets isn't something Fudge nuggets, I want to no, say. I, I almost screwed that up twice. Yeah. I, I can't do that one. That one's not going to work because that's going to come out I don't out remember wrong. now what other ones you had in there. My but... favorite in there was sugar. Oh, ah, sugar. Because yeah. you, yeah. you get halfway through that word before you get to decide what you want to do. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Ah, sugar. Uh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I think uh, I do often tell try. kids because I work at a school where a lot of my students curse a lot, and because uh, at home that's totally fine. And you work with kindergartners, all right? <laughs> yeah, <Just kidding>. um, <laughs> <laughs> no middle school. Okay, okay. Um, oh, yeah, okay. That makes and sense. so sometimes when they're like they curse or whatever, and I'm like, hey language and they're like but miss it just comes out and i was like you know what i curse at home too but that doesn't mean i do it here control yourself yeah like <laughs> boundaries boundaries yeah um mm-hmm. we uh i had softball this last week we had a little double header on mm-hmm. tuesday night and we were in the dugout getting prepared for the game and uh one of the guys uh i asked him to play third base and he's like yeah let me put my cup on right <laughs> and so then that got going on why don't you wear a cup for all the game or you know infield outfield all the discussion that guys have and then one guy <laughs> decided to expound on one time when he was now he does it for everything mm-hmm. because one time he took one right there and yeah. lived you know and uh yeah i mean there's just there's just images that come out that just <laughs> talk about it right guys uh-huh. by themselves unaware completely that my daughter is in the dugout reading <laughs> Harry Potter by herself, or at least faking like she's reading Harry Potter. And we get out on the field, and he, he comes over to me and goes, dude, I had no idea your daughter was in there. I'm sorry. I, would have, I was like, it's all right. It's all good. That's what I get for Branner. It's my fault. Yeah, That's on me. I'll take that one. Uh, life lessons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was That's okay. She's going to learn all that when Grayson gets old enough. Probably. So. Probably. <laughs> I could tell she was like reading, but like also kind of like doing that listening thing because yeah. she was like <laughs> smiling. <laughs> and I'm sure she knows more than I know, think that she knows or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. So that's always exciting. Uh, what, what were some uh, things, anything that stood out to you in terms of thoughts from yesterday's thing that we can kind of expand on or um, go down? I'm trying to think. I just, I like the part, you talked a lot about um, reminding people that we're with that we are for them. Um, and that our boundaries and, and like guiding and calling out of behavior 
isn't because we want something bad for someone. It's because we want something really great for them. And so that is, um, I think that was the biggest part. And then tying that into like, God is also for us. And that doesn't mean we get exactly what we want all the time or that life is perfect, but like he is for us and for our life to be the best that it can be and to be that image of um, what he has for what can happen on this earth. So, yeah, we discussed two major changes for the second service as opposed to the first service. One being the application at the end of it's not just a spouse or a long-term relationship that you should be, you know, let them know you should be for another person. It's also like the parent for a kid. It's also teachers for students. It's uh, your best teacher may have been your most disciplinarian teacher, but it's because, but you responded to that discipline differently because you knew that she was for you or he was for you or whatever. Same thing with a coach, same thing with, um, an an employer or a boss. Um, he, he's really hard to work for, but I know that he's for me. And so I'm going to take this critique um more personally and actually do something on an evaluation because yeah. i believe that um, well and have you ever had like a mentor boss so someone who's your boss but then in the course of whatever becomes kind of a mentor and is guiding that's not a easy relationship all the time and they are never easy on you yeah but it's always the most meaningful and that's always a person that you know i think of one of my bosses that i had who really kind of helped shape me and grow me and what's her name what's her his name? name her name is christy lyon okay and she was my boss when i taught preschool and i worked for her for 5 years and she is like it wasn't always easy and it, like she definitely said hard things to me but it grew me and it made me better at working with kids it did made you have better. fellow employees that worked with you as well um we uh occasionally she- we did and then for so it's like for three of the five years we did, and then two of the five years it was just us. Did they feel the same way about Christy? No, and it was like a different person every yeah. year. Yeah. And I was the one that was with her the whole time. Yeah. Um, because it it was just like we I think our personalities meshed and then she saw a lot of potential in me and ability in me. And so it became like it kind of naturally just became a mentorship relationship, even though that wasn't what it had like initially that wasn't like our initial idea of what it was going to be going in yeah at least not mine maybe hers I don't know um (laughs) and so yeah but she didn't she didn't let me she like gently and kindly and wonderfully grew me and so that wasn't always easy to hear or have happen but it is she's one of the reasons that I'm able to do as well as I do now in the work that I do yeah yeah, I love it. That's great. I I agree. I think that there's been people in my life I can think of that, we, especially with other coworkers, who they would say, "Gosh, she just dri- she's a driver." Like I don't like working for her, and I'd be like, "She is a driver," but I kind of like it. But I also think that she likes me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that <laughs> I have a little bit of favor in that area. I think that she's for me, and uh, I think she's like puts up with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even if that's like just the employee's perception. So I, like, I think that that I, I always knew that Christy was for me, but if the other people working for her didn't think that even if she was, yeah, then that changes how you react to how she tries to lead. Right. And so it doesn't, if you don't think that the person who's trying to shape you is for you, then you're never going to receive that in a way that is going to actually shape you. Yeah. 
So like with a, even with like a partner or a teacher or a boss, like if you don't think that person is for you or you don't, you haven't like clicked that together, it's never, you're going to receive correction and critique very differently. Yeah. And the second part, um, I mentioned two things that we kind of made changes to. The second piece was, is, is related to that. Cause what do you do when you find yourself in a relationship where you're like, I don't know if I'm any longer for him. And I don't know if I ever was, uh, and I, I'm playing these, my, I'm like doing like this revisionist history on terms of our relationship and why we got married or why we started, why we moved in together or why we did this. And I don't know that he's, I'm pretty sure he's not for me. And, but like, you know, how do you unmesh these two things or, um, and I, this, this thing is so important with kids and parents too. Like your parents, as a parent, you need to know that you're, or your kids need to know that you're for them. And yet you can be definitely going through a season where you're like, I just, I cannot, I'm counting on the days till this kid is 18. Like, get out of this. What, whose child are you? And where yeah. did you come from? And what did you do with that sweet little boy that used to, you know, do all the fun stuff that we did as a, as a, as a father, son or whatever. Um, and that's, I, I mentioned, um, I didn't, I don't know that I hit it great in first service. So second service, I did this idea of, listen, if that's, if that's how you feel, like you're not sure whether you're for them, I think that's a different message altogether and a different series and different, like, you need to go somewhere different with that and like not go to a different church. <laughs> Hopefully we talk about that and get that route, but this isn't a buck up and let them know that you're for them. Like mm-hmm. I think the issue that I have or the, the issue that was most relevant for yesterday's talk was far too many times. If you asked a person, are you for your spouse? Are you for your kid? Are you for them? They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Well then you need to talk about, it. you need to tell them mm-hmm. you, they, that needs to be a pattern of communication so that they're not left guessing and you need to reiterate that when it comes to the discipline and when it comes to the boundaries, when it comes to the, here's what we're going to do, whether you like it or not, because I really do think this is for your personal benefit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you may not like what I'm saying, but at least let me know, or at least let me tell you why I'm saying it in this way. Yeah. And I think in adult relationships, it's also important to say, I'm doing this because I'm for you. And if the person is like, this is not helping me. Yeah. Then you need to react to that and yeah. change to that, and and not only and and then really take an introspective yeah. look at that yeah. and be like, am I leveraging uh, what I want selfishly mm-hmm. and branding it with? But I'm for you, and this is for your own personal benefit. But it's but it's but, but it's, it's not. really for me. Because how many parents have spanked their kid and said this is hurting you a lot more than it hurts me? And you're like, just kidding. I am thoroughly <laughs> enjoying this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a. Uh, that's a funny way to look at it, but yeah. like, there's definitely times in like real life with real life situations where we could be like, "Yeah, this is this is for your benefit," and and you have to be like, I, especially if they push back and be like, "Are, are you sure?" Because it really feels yeah. like this is what you kind of wanted. That happens in the education world a lot too, because uh, you always have to ask yourself the question: Is this boundary in place because it's best for children, or because it's easiest for me? Mm-hmm. And so is this a boundary that actually is best for children? And if it's not, but it's I, it's only here because I, it makes my life easier, is that really a boundary that needs to be in place? Yeah. And am I like, and maybe it's easiest for me and that does make, does in turn make it best for children because if I'm going to be able to teach better with that boundary, then obviously that's best for my students. But that is always a like push and pull in the education world of is this just in place because it makes because I want it in place and it makes my life easiest or is it actually serving the students that I have in my classroom? Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, and the reason I loved uh, the direction of a series like that is it makes the transition to communion at the end yeah. like so easy. You're like, guys, <laughs> God's for us. That's what we celebrate with this type of thing. Yeah. And I think when you begin to understand, if you can really come to grips with the fact that he's for you, it does change some of the, so then live this way, as opposed to just, you know, religion's a bunch of rules and keeps you from, rob, you know, robs you from the joy of experiencing all this. And And I think it's different. Like when you really do trust he's for you, then some of these things are like, hey, this isn't really a smart idea. Like, don't commit adultery. Don't, I mean, that's not, it might feel great in the moment, but it's not, that's not a long-term win for you. I'm mm -hmm. trying to save you from, like, experiencing pain and anguish as a result of your consequences. So I think, I think whenever it comes to the rules and regulations or the expectations of a certain religion, um, you the best place to go for me is to go to a source of, I just think that this is a God's protective, trying to protect us because we do things out of uh, ignorance and, and uh, uh, lack of self-awareness on so much stuff. So yeah, anyways, yeah. it's good. Awesome. Anything else before we close that up? No, I think I was pretty good. Excellent. All right. Well, let's jump on to our something interesting. These are typically, this is the time of the uh, episode where we talk about things that we have found interesting. We've read them. We've watched them. We've experienced them. And there you go. So yeah. what do you got for me, Megan? All right. Mine is about um, these people called smoke jumpers. And they are firefighters. They're wild dense firefighters who... Um, parachute into um, like backcountry areas now mostly in Alaska um, and they fight uh, wildfires in the backcountry while they're still small before they become really huge things that like are going to threaten people and um, you know industry and such like that but they literally like they like para jump like paratroopers yeah. who firefight that's Which awesome. is totally BA. Yeah. And <laughs> <It> totally um, <laughs> um, apparently it started, there was this really, really big fire in Wyoming in 1937 called the Blackwater Fire. And it was just huge and it killed 15 firefighters and destroyed just a ton of like property and um, livestock and all of that. And mm. after that, the, um, oh, I think it was the Department of Interior, decided that they needed a better solution for um, fighting these backcountry fires before they got out of hand. And so in 1940, the first ever um, smoke jumpers, that's what they call them, uh, were deployed to a fire in, I think, Wyoming or uh, Montana or somewhere around there. Um, so, But now most of the uh, lower 48 uh, have road access to almost everywhere that they would need it in terms of wildland fires. And so they don't use them a lot in the lower 48, but in Alaska still most of the state is um, inaccessible by road. And so they still have a big contingent of firefighters up there who um, jump into areas that need containment. Um, and they carry like, you know, 200 pounds of equipment and they have to go through all this crazy training and it's very elite and it's like the Navy SEALs of firefighting, wildland firefighting. And, um, yeah. So I was like, this is so cool. I didn't even know that this was a thing. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah. There's a guy named Jordan that used to come to Eastlake and, uh, he got married, but he, he, um, and then they, they just moved to central Oregon, but he did kind of fire firefighters for hire type stuff. Every summer he would get hired somewhere wherever like the worst forest fires are and go. And that's what he would do for the whole summer. And, 
um, and really like several season period. And uh, it was just, he would have some crazy stories about stupid long shifts and uh, all the stuff and sleeping in, in tents in schools. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was his job. That was like his full-time thing. And uh, it was, he, he was kind of an outdoorsy aria kind of guy anyway. So the exploring and then they would do hikes and stuff in, in the middle of all that. But yeah, that's a yeah. scary job. Yeah. Thankful for those kind of people. Um, I, I don't think that we, uh, in modern day society, live with a great awareness of how dangerous like forest fires and stuff oh, is, super dangerous. Um, and how quickly they move, and how even with all of our technological advancement, like we get crushed every year by these things, and yeah. we're coming into those into that season again. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just the yeah you see the one I from think there's California, a big like what last year two years ago oh yeah they're just was, it was last year yeah it was, it was awful yeah I mean they've had one almost every year for right. the past like decade yeah. but. In the, it was a Nat Geo article. Um, I th- believe it might be in the magazine even. And they they had a reporter with one of the units and they jumped into somewhere. And then the article, they were saying that the minute they landed, the wind shifted. And so the firefighters are like, oh, we're about to get boxed in. So they had, they had to stop doing a lot of the prep that they normally do when they land and just start like beating back, making fire lines so that they didn't get surrounded by this fire because the wind changed right when they landed. And it's just like, so... When you think about that, that happens in wildland fires everywhere, and that's just that un that unknown, the unpredictable nature of, you know, fighting fire. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, so mine has to do with uh, this weekend. We are doing a uh, a pat- backyard patio chat. So a little bit of a shift in our in some of our scheduling. So I, I Kylie, um, I've taken. Uh, in the last six months to a year, uh, an approach towards some sort of small group options to uh, extend things. So we've done pub theology, um, which has been uh, basically listen to a podcast and uh, and then come and discuss it together. In we do it over at Kagan's, and we bring everybody brings a beer to share and that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, we also did a film and theology one where we watched a documentary. So trying to trying to approach things from uh, listen, I love watching podcasts or listening to podcasts and watching documentaries. Um, but going into summer, we realized who wants to be cooped up in a room for two hours talking a- about a movie that we just watched. So we're gonna take we decided to take a shift and a break from film and theology. We're still doing pub theology. We got one coming up at the um, end of May. Um, and then we're going to be doing these backyard patio chats. We've got some guest speakers lined up for the next uh, three months, um, doing uh, I think once every six weeks or so. So this this weekend is the very first one mm-hmm. with Seth, um, and we're going to be doing a uh, discussion on work and 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 life. And then we've got Blaine Charette. Uh, cross your fingers. This is going to be the third <laughs> round. First time I got him in a car accident. The second time we had that crazy yeah. snowmageddon, and we had like his flight was literally canceled. Yeah. From Alaska, it wasn't like we canceled it or he canceled it. Like Alaska Airlines was like, we cannot fly him in until yeah. Sunday at noon, and we're like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so third time's a charm. Um, he is coming in June. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth's coming in May. He's coming in June, and then we've got another professor coming in September. Um, uh, coming up from California, Fresno. His name's Ron Herms, uh, and all three of those are going to be backyard patio chats that are going to be absolutely amazing. Um, and because of the situation where we're doing them, they're going to be like really small in nature. Um, but if you're interested in really engaging discussion with really, really smart people, my present company excluded my, at least myself <laughs> included, um, then be on the lookout for some of those. Cause, um, 
those are going to be, I think, a really good use of your yeah. time. And the topics will vary and be different. They'll probably be related to what the professor's talking or the teacher, whatever, is talking about on that Sunday. Um, and so I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what Blaine's is. I know that um, I know that Herms is going to be doing a revelation uh, interpretation for modern-day anti-empire type stuff. Oh, man, it's going to be... It's going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to be real good, real good. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be awesome. So keep your eyes out for that. That'll be a lot of fun. And you can find all of those on the community marketplace, eastlaketricities.com slash marketplace, along with tons of other opportunities this summer. We just launched another uh, morning men's group on Friday mornings now. So not only do I do the one on Mondays, but um, Jason and Brandon are doing one on Fridays. Uh, there's uh, a new women's group out there. Um, so anyways, nice. and all where love opportunities that Mar- uh, Mallory's coming up with will be on there as well. So check those things out. Thanks for listening to say something yes. interesting for today. We will be back next week to, uh, recap. Actually, Monday's a holiday. So maybe Monday is a holiday. I- I'm-, I'm in if you're in, but we'll figure it out. Okay. It- it's going to drop either Monday or Tuesday yep. and we'll be recapping Seth's uh, opening week on the art of labor. So catch nice. you then guys. Have a great Memorial day weekend and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.